Hello and welcome to the shit show my life is. I'm Girl Ninja. And I'm Boy Ninja. On this show, two friends, that's us, discuss their plans that would make life just perfect. The things that upset these plans and the macro ideas, the big picture, the large umbrella that uh, goes over these things. And today, what are we talking about? We're talking about the zoos our workplaces can sometimes be. Mm-hmm. So we've like spent quite a, at least until this crazy virus that wants to kill us all has come into place, uh, we spend a lot of time in offices, right? And we kind of find out that the office feels very much like a zoo. Not just that we feel utterly trapped in it and have to poop in places that we don't want to, um, but somehow, you know, the animals that make up these offices feels like yeah, maybe a zoo or maybe a jungle. Um, but today, you know, we're, we're going to look at the animals that we have in a zoo and try to compare it to the different funky characters that we have in an office. Yes, and I think after you've spent some time in an office, um, you really start to see the characteristics of, of all these people come out. And I, I sometimes think about life as I observe other people. I, I have this running commentary in my head that's almost like, you know, the old, tiny, Net Geo type uh, of documentaries where they're like, today we're observing the water buffalo in their native environment. And <laughs> sometimes I just have to slow down and not react to people and just have that running commentary in my head. Absolutely. Today we're watching the ostrich in their native environment where whenever anything even remotely threatening comes their way, they stick their head in the sand. <laughs> Indeed. But, but <laughs> the difference, though, is that instead of the jungle, we're talking about the zoo. In many cases, people are not in their native environments, and that's why they act funny, right? Some people actually could be perfectly you know, fine in the home, could be perfectly nice parents, and then they come into the office and they become assholes, you know? So... I, you know, but that's that's what makes today's topic really interesting. Since you brought up the ostrich over there, I mean that's a common animal that we see in the office, right? Uh, someone who, um, I mean, preferably someone on the lower end of the hierarchy, rather than it's terrible to have a boss who's an ostrich, right? In the idea that oh oh, there's a crisis, so let's stick my head in the sand and hope nobody notices. But I think you've done a bit of research about this, and you have some things to share with us. Yes, well, the interesting thing about the ostrich is that this idea of sticking your head in the sand, it's not really a thing. So I, I did some reading about ostriches and it turns out they don't do that. But what they are, though, is one of the fastest runners, perhaps one of the fastest running animals on two legs. So they run away from their problems. Well, well Girl Ninja, I'm not sure which is worse, you know? The, 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 <laughs> the ostrich who sticks his head in the sand when there's a crisis right, can only ignore that crisis so much when the, his feathers start catching fire or something, you know? <laughs> but but they, when you actually have a boss who, who runs away as fast as possible, I, I think that's kind of worse, you know, like totally clear to see. Or maybe that's a good thing. The boss has just ran away. We'll just solve this problem ourselves. I don't know. What, what do you think? I don't know. I think you could go both ways. Sometimes when you have bosses that stick their head in the sand... There's comfort in knowing that they'll still be the one that's set on fire and not you. <laughs> um, you know, you're not the one left holding the, the, the bag, as, as I mix metaphors. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think sometimes when a boss runs away, there are some of them who take you with them. <laughs> now I'm imagining myself riding an ostrich. <laughs> uh, okay, and 
we won't get into um, cases of bestiality as well when it comes to this. <laughs> so now let's move from the ostrich uh, to an animal that people find absolutely adorable. I mean, ostriches, they're interesting, but they're not exactly adorable. You, it's perfectly, I think I've eaten an ostrich before, I think. Or, or was it a kangaroo? I, I, one of those Australian things. But now we're talking about something that you just can't possibly imagine eating because it's one of the, as they say, the, the world's most intelligent mammals, right? And so this is the dolphin. But you have another story about the dolphin. So please go ahead and regale us with the stories of the dolphin. Well, in my research, I, I looked up what are the most aggressive animals towards people. And oddly enough, dolphins do appear as much as they seem cute and adorable and sociable, like if you go to the, the what do you call it, water park? Theme park. Aquatic theme park, I think. It used to be a thing where you go to the theme park and they'll have these dolphin shows where they bounce beach balls on their noses and things like that, and they're adorable. Um, turns out dolphins are pretty predatory assholes. One expert actually said about one of the things humans find most endearing about them, which is their smiles... They're not smiling, you dumbasses. That's just the shape of their face. To have a little bit of my brainy bona fides over here, there's an interesting study that actually came out uh, talking about how physically attractive people actually get sort of privileges in the office that, that don't come from people being conscious about it but being subconscious about it. The person looks appealing, so that person seems to be trustworthy. That's a, a beautiful smile that person has. A person like that couldn't be an asshole. Do you know what I mean? So there was actually a study about the advantages that good-looking people have in the office. And that kind of comes into play with a good-looking animal like the dolphin. Oh yes, most certainly. And like predatory good-looking people, um, <laughs> it turns out these... These dolphins can be pretty terrible to other animals. So it seems like they are they do very violent things, like playing volleyball. Again, delightful, but the ball being a baby shark or a porpoise. Hmm. So they're basically beating this other oh tiny helpless God. animal to death by, by playing bo- volleyball with them. And some bosses do uh, that too. Oh boy, do they. <laughs> <sighs> well, I mean, yeah. I- I'm just imagining, you know, opening an aquarium of my own, but like totally realistic one like yeah first of all you get to see the dolphins like playing um, volleyball with with like baby sharks for example right it's, and then the, the audience goes oh my god that's terrible and it said shall we press the red button everyone and it says press the red button and then we press the red button and then a, the mother shark comes in and then the, the dolphins are scrambling it's like oh shit so yeah i can totally imagining uh, imagine that happening and so if anybody would like to sponsor my little idea i'm all up for it uh, and you can just message me saying what are you up to okay let's m- move on okay so basically the, there's this idea that the 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 you know the dolphin is a two-faced creature right indeed and i think this was this was exactly the experience that i had with with you know one of our so-called um animal personas for someone in the office um i had a boss who really you know had a reputation of being this affable guy in in meetings and you know just he just loves to gab you just couldn't shut him up you know everybody likes him thinks he's such a nice guy but in in meetings where he's biggest fish in the room so to speak he's a real asshole um, you know, he yells at his team, doesn't take the time to understand material, and then screams at his team for things that they, they haven't done wrong. But I know you've had 
a slightly different experience with a with a boss, and it was a surprising animal as well. You were gonna tell me about your bird. Oh yes, I love to talk about my birdie. Yes, you're gonna hear my birdie story. <laughs> uh, I think that the bird's really different from the dolphin in a way, right? Uh, but they do uh, similar to the dolphin. It has really great PR if you think about the fact that if you listen to Vivaldi's Four Seasons, you look at many of the uh, watercolor paintings, the bird's always this, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, creature of freedom. And the, the freedom that it has, like, you know, we, we tend to aspire to, to want to fly away like this, not realizing that birds like viruses are airborne. So I want to talk about this idea of the bird being like a really selfish creature, which we, if you, which you observe them on the sidewalks, like when there's food, the biggest bird there is damn selfish, you know, won't share. There's no way you can carry off that piece of bread, but that bird's not sharing that piece of bread will eat as much as it can and then try to fly off with whatever is remaining. By the way, an interesting uh, other fact about birds, they don't really have any compartments in their anatomy for storing their shit. So that's why they kind of poop on your car because there's once it's processed, the body just expels it straight away. There's no waiting period. So I, I, th I think we've talked about this a bit. That's perhaps an attractive quality for you. And that was surprised me. I said, why would you want to shit in people's, people's cars? But you have a different perspective on, on the shitting process of birds, didn't you? Well, yeah, I'm not holding on to anybody's shit. <laughs> Not even your own? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to take this shit. <laughs> well, Here, you have it. Well, anyway, but my point about the bird, though, shit aside, uh, is that <laughs> the bird is a very upfront asshole. Doesn't try to pretend, you know? Mm. Uh, you can be staring at the bird and it's saying that, yep, it's my piece of bread and you can do whatever. You can judge me all you want, but I am proud to be an asshole. Cloacas, the new upfront asshole. <laughs> exactly. So, That's what the opening's called. Uh, right. The cloaca. So, anyway, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, I had a, a, a big boss. I'm somebody that I didn't really know and seen, you know, um, but was in charge of a certain part of the KPI, right? Uh, and uh, I, I was suddenly hauled into a meeting with some of the people and like what the hell am i doing here you know uh, and i found out, I found out that this was a meeting for people who either didn't produce enough research or didn't get enough grants or both and i didn't understand i mean i was 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 doing a lot of research that uh, not only was was quite impactful but didn't need much money and i was happy to you know uh, self fund the the parts of research that that needed some funding turns out it's not good if your research is cheap because if you get expensive research, then somebody has to pay you, you know, or pay your institution to do it. And that's what they want for many reasons. Number one, that, in, that monetary investment is seen as useful for your institution. So in the end, um, you know, I was saying that, why, why am I here? Look at my research outputs. Isn't it good that I'm, I'm doing research that doesn't cost anybody any money? Uh, and the response to me in front of people. So this was like not in private, not somebody who was trying to look good in public. Nope. This person who understood the logic of my argument said to me, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. So don't screw with me so I don't have to screw with you. And I was appalled by this, but looking back at it, also kind of impressed that she didn't try to bring me aside to say this, you know, like, yep, I'm the asshole. I'm the bird. So be it. Let's move on to something really quite different. You have a different animal in mind now. Really contrasting animal, don't you? Well, 
yes and no, because we're still talking about the animals that leave shit all over the place for you. Well, this one is the lizard, specifically the chicha. That's what we call it here. That's on the wall. It lives there, chills out there, and even if you're having a good day, it's there. You're having a domestic and you're you know screaming at each other. It's still probably pretty chill there watching the, the goings-on of your household. And the only evidence of them is these little black dots of shit that they leave behind on your wall. And I kind of find this analogy very fitting of quite a number of people I've actually worked with over the years, where I think this would be the biggest group of people that, as we described in the intro, right, they're, they're probably very nice people, they're probably really good parents, friends, but in the workplace, they're really this quiet animal that tries to just be and not really make an impact. And in the boardroom, as mom and dad are fighting, they're basically just sitting there going, I'm shitting my pants, but I'm going to leave this little piece of shit under the table. Nobody's going to notice. It's fine. And then we'll back out slowly and the meeting's over. Nobody's going to notice me. Chichak actually takes it a step further. Like, okay, as long as I'm not being affected, I'm just going to sit on this wall, pretend everything's fine and just shit. Okay. And just leave my shit here for other people to clean up. Yeah. However, if suddenly they decide to turn on me, I'm going to leave my wiggling tail behind. I mean, just the concept of that, you know? I mean, what kind of animal actually leaves apart an appendage that pretends to be alive while the, the rest of the fella actually buggers off, you know? And, you know and, and I think that there are people in the office just like that as well, you know? And, it's, and I just hope that the wiggling tail is not their intern. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think these people give new meaning to the expressions of look alive and also <laughs> the expression of cutting your losses. Um, so, so yeah, definitely. And I think there are people who go through their, their work day like this. Um, for, for I'm sure there are some noble reasons for wanting to, to you know, blend in with the, with the furniture and, and just make a living. But I can't, as the person who generally is the one who stands up for things and gets involved in that fight... But usually not the biggest dog in the fight either. I also have to clean up the shit law, which irks me somewhat. So, so enough bitching and moaning about people for today. Let's move on to the brainy stuff. And, and I had a topic that I have loved to, to talk about with you. And it's this idea of, it's just their nature. So, so the spirit of having rules of conduct or codes of conduct is to, you know, maintain a certain level of decorum in the workplace. But you know those characters, right? There are always just some of them who find ways to say nasty things to you without actually breaking those rules. I'll give you an example of this person, thankfully not managing me, but they were just a manager in the organization, who would say really horrible, nasty, sexist things without you know, using a single four-letter word. And, you know, you go, this is really against the spirit of what traditional rules are. Sure, people talk about, no, you know, you shouldn't use bad language in the office, but really you're just disguising, you know, your your weaponry in, in a different way. And um, even when you complain about this guy um, for, for various reasons, um, a lot of people will let him let it slide and go, well, that's just his nature. He sees things this way. And even though they are absolutely nasty and, you know, 
Yeah. Um, well, one of the, the interesting things about that phrase, you know, it's just that way or that's just as nature. Um, if we could bring it back to animals, there is the parable of the scorpion. The scorpion wants to cross the river but can't do it, talks to the buffalo and said that you could help me get across the river. Says, but I don't want to go near you because you will sting me and I will die. And, and the scorpion says, that, well, if I sting you, we will both die. So what, you know, what motive would I have of doing that? And the buffalo thought about it. It says, true, okay, okay, I'll make an exception. So um, get on my back. So the buffalo's, you know, water buffalo's going across the river and halfway through, the scorpion stings the buffalo and the buffalo says, you idiot, now we're both going to drown, just like you said. Why on earth did you do that? And the scorpion says, it's just my nature, you know? So it's the idea that you can't change people, basically. In the parable, they both do die. But the kind of scorpion that you have in the workplaces, it's like you all can die and I will still be swimming across the, the, the pond, right? I mean, that, that, that's the difference. And I suppose that's the, the more toxic thing about uh, that kind of scorpion in the workplace when you enable them to, to say that, you know, this is just their nature. And the other thing is that doesn't it encourage everybody to be an asshole and say that, well, it's my nature? So in other words... If you came in and you smell on the first day, says, "Ah, this is not the natural asshole," so we can prevent her from being uh, a, an occasional asshole. But if the person like was a pain from and and has been there longer than everyone else, then it says, "Oh, we can't change that one. That one's just part of the furniture of the of the office." Do you know what I mean? There's that that kind of issue, right? And and as we talk about this, I start to I start to realize that there are people who play the role of the teacher in order to outlast everyone else and then transform into the scorpion. Wow. I mean, movies should be made about that. <laughs> Amazing. Let's move to another question. The thing is, we spend often, right? We spend more time at work than we, we do even at home. Uh, of course, now we're working at home. Is a Once bit different. upon a time. <laughs> yeah. But we do spend time with people from the office a heck of a lot you know, more than we spend of our parents often, you know, some people even more than their children. So it's a natural place to want to have friends. Um, but considering how many assholes there are in the office, I suppose the question is, you know, is it is it wise to be friends with the office asshole, you know, or, or, or how, how is it like when you, you do seem to build a genuine friendship in the office, but they're assholy parts of this person? And how does that work? Do, do you want to try and tackle this first? Well, I personally think that it's a, it's a ranking of how much of an asshole you are and then you have birds of a feather that flock together. So I think the people of the same level of assholiness will probably get along just fine. So you've got the people who are like dolphin level assholes and they'll go and like, oh, you want to play volleyball? Yeah, yeah, let's go play volleyball. Let's let's look at that baby shark over there. Let's go. Um, <laughs> you'll have birds of the, you know, ostrich type level assholiness in the back. You need a running, jogging partner, buddy? Yeah, yeah let's go. <laughs> and and I, I think that's how it will, it tends to be where you, you find the people of the same level of assholiness and then you you run together. The one exception though, I think, is the chicha, which they want to get along with everyone else. So they'll they'll sort of try and not be noticed, maybe come along and, and maybe be camouflaged along for the trip and you don't really notice that you're bringing them along. I think that's how it works. What about you? Yeah, I, I think 
I've tried my best to compartmentalize, uh, and I've found very in 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 many cases that some of the assholiness of of certain people only comes out when they take up jobs that they shouldn't have, at certain roles in the office, mm-hmm. you know. So. You, you may be working with them one capacity, then they get transferred or they get promoted or something. And then you find out they're a different person, you know, in, in that role. And, and I've seen this more than once. And I think that sometimes people get ambitious and don't realize that certain jobs that may be uh, on paper good for their careers are not good for their human relationships. And when that happens, I try to compartmentalize. So uh, there are colleagues who, who know that, you know, we have a great time going out for lunch, you know, or going out for drinks. But it doesn't mean that no matter how much I'm friendly with you outside of work, if you do something stupid in the workplace, I'll still call you out, you know, and I will still fight for my point. I'm not going to just let you uh, railroad things in the office just because we had drinks last night. And I think those friends slash colleagues of mine uh, need to take some time to get used to this, that, that I'm not being two-faced here. I'm being as genuine as possible uh, with you, uh, both as a colleague and as a friend. You know, I'll just add something to that. I think that also, pol- that policy of yours, as much as I like it, doesn't necessarily go down well with a lot of people because I think people see those drinks after work as networking and it's supposed to curry favour, you know, with people. I think that's, uh, because I've been thinking about networking quite a lot lately and um, there's a part of me that only does it if I genuinely am interested in the person. And I think that's why it works with a, a, a model like yours, where drinks after work doesn't necessarily mean I won't call you out. It just means that I'm interested in you as a person. But people see that as a, I'm supposed to get favour from you, or I'm supposed to be in your good books, or from a work perspective, just because we had drinks after work. There have been studies about how this actually creates um, a certain level of, of exclusion and even sexism in the office. Oh, definitely. Like the, the, when, the, when the boys go out for a smoking break, definitely. They, then they come back um, 20 minutes later and some decisions were made. Yeah. You know, just because they were out. Um, and yeah, I, I think that that's an issue. That's why I try to separate things. When we go for drinks, we really don't talk about mm. work. And I don't think that's the place mm. to talk about work because not everybody's here. Mm. Uh, and... We're under the influence of alcohol, so we shouldn't be, you know, we, you know that, that, that's that whole idea. Mm-hmm. It's not bad to have a sense of, of uh, oh, this is a person yeah. Yeah, who I, I enjoyed having drinks with. So that if you are continually screwing up in the workplace, you know that I'm not criticizing you on a personal mm. level because you know I can mix around with you on a personal level. Mm. I, I yeah. think that, and it may be difficult for people to understand. People may even think that I'm two-faced, like, but you were so friendly with me last night. Yeah, I intentionally didn't want to talk about work because I knew I'd end up telling you exactly what I'm telling you now, you know? Mm. Um, but I, I suppose it takes time for people to understand that that's a complex relationship. Uh, and, you know, like any relationship, you have to decide when to say things and when not to. Tell me, what animal do you think you are? Where would you fall in the displays in the zoo of ours you know that it, the question about what animal i am versus what i think i am you know that may be that mm. may be different but i'd like mm. to think that i'm a cat in the, in, a, in a nice cat i know there are many people out there who may not be you know friendly towards cats but i'd like to imagine uh, that i have a good meow 
you know, <laughs> you know, could you could you please come to the meow, you know, the, the, <laughs> and inviting meow. Um, but at the same time, I do enjoy having claws. Um, mm. And how ironic, because I always cut my fingernails really short. But I, I, I would love to have retractable claws. So it's important to take it out when you need to. But otherwise, mm. it's 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 it can be adorable to be you know domesticated. And I'm I I've been a homebody anyway, so working from home now, you know, with with the idea of being kind of my own house pet would be uh, would be an idealistic way of thinking about myself. What about you? Well, I think that I'm a somewhat cat-like dog. So I I think there there are things about the dog that I definitely feel a strong affinity for. I'm definitely a dog person. I hate cats. Um, <laughs> which which is weird because you and I get along so well. But I definitely think that I'm a dog in the sense that I'm a little bit more of a routine kind of person. Like I, I like the way that I've carved out my my day, what my home is like. I can also, you know, bite your neck off if you you know, if you sort of come near me and attack me. Um, but at the same time, I love cuddles and belly rubs as much as the next dog. So I, I definitely think I'm a dog. There the are more aspects of being a cat now that I realize. One mm. is that I do like to take care of my own shit. So, you know, like mm. the idea of a litter box, that, that's my shitting place. And it's my business, you know. And I think that's the part of, of the, the thing that makes me say that I would be somewhat of a cat-like dog. You know, just the idea of cats being a little bit more hygiene conscious yes. which I don't know if that's really a thing well, I lick myself every day it, licking, think about it licking yourself clean that's, that's, that sounds awful that sounds awful <laughs> yeah so there's, there is there is that as well and the last thing about cat that I, the features of a cat that I identify with is the idea of being territorial yeah mm. I, I do like my space I do like um, mm. I, I do get really irked if I come to the office and find that somebody's moved something on my desk and mm. why you know what what, what were you, who was it and why was was that happening you know uh, so i am quite territorial in that way so anyway mm. i think that's been our little adventure in the zoo of the office and that brings us i think to to the close of today's episode of the shit show my life is this is boy ninja and this is gold ninja join us again next time on the shit show my life is Thank you.